Before we begin, let me just pray real quickly. God, thank You for this privilege and honor that's ours to open Your Word together. I pray right now that You would open our eyes that we would see, open our ears so we would hear, open our minds and give us understanding. Most of all, open our hearts that we would receive the truth and plant it there that it would produce fruit in our lives as You would want it to do. So teach us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we begin a new series of lessons entitled Fighting Your Fears. And throughout the months of July and August, we're going to deal with some of the more common fears in our lives. The fear of the future, what tomorrow may bring. The fear of failure. The fear of inadequacy. The fear of loneliness. The fear of money problems, finances. The fear of guilt and shame. The fear of death, eternity, salvation. These phobias and many like them are very real issues in our fear-laden society. Do you know that Dear Abby receives about 10,000 letters a week asking for her advice? And so when she was asked what is the number one problem addressed in those letters, without hesitation, she said, fear of one kind or another. Psychology Today magazine recently conducted a survey that reveals that there are over 7,000 commonly identifiable fears in people's lives. And the survey shows that the average person in the U.S. today is dealing with 14 of these fears each and every day in his or her life. Now I think the scariest thing about these fears is how they have intensified in our postmodern culture. Here are the top five fears of elementary kids 50 years ago. Animals, darkness, strangers, high places, and loud noises. In comparison, here are the top five fears among grade school children today. Divorce of their parents, nuclear war, cancer, pollution, and molestation or abuse. I mean, times have changed, haven't they? So what is your greatest fear in life? What frightens or terrifies you? What makes you fret or worry? What brings you stress and anxiety? What keeps you awake at night? Follow along in your Bible as I read this verse. This will kind of be our theme verse for this entire series. Psalm 34 and verse 4. David writes, I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Don't miss that last phrase. I love that. He delivered me from all my fears. God wants us to experience fear-free living. Fighting your fears. This morning I'd like to introduce this new series of lessons with a lesson that I've entitled simply, My Fight. Basically, I'd like to begin at the very beginning and share some fundamental 
biblical concepts about fear that will be foundational, I think, to the rest of this series. Before we can talk about specific fears and the lessons to come, we must first talk about fear in general. We must first understand the problem of fear and the solution for fear. So let's begin with the problem of fear. In my fight against my fears, the Bible indicates that fear can be a problem for me in at least these five ways. Number one, fear paralyzes my potential. Fear paralyzes my potential. On the very first Easter Sunday, the actual evening of Jesus' resurrection, John 20 and verse 19 tells us, The disciples had gathered together, but fearful of the Jews had locked all the doors in the house. So here are Jesus' closest followers, the very ones who should have been out in the streets of Jerusalem shouting the good news of Jesus' resurrection, but they're huddled together behind locked doors, paralyzed by their fear. Talk about wasted potential. Talk about missed opportunity. But here's a question for you. Were the doors of the house locked from the inside or from the outside? locked from the inside. You see, fear is always a self-imposed prison. It is a personal choice. And when we respond to the circumstances of our lives with fear, we lock up our potential. We limit our possibilities. Pastor Rick Warren writes, all of us have reservoirs of full potential, but the road that leads to these reservoirs is guarded by the dragon of fear. The U.S. Army jingle, be all that you can be. Well, we cannot be all that we can be living in fear. We can't reach our full potential when we live in fear. Number two, fear jumbles my judgment. Fear jumbles my judgment. There's so many examples in the Bible where because of fear, people exercise pretty poor judgment. It says of Sarah in Genesis 18 and verse 15, Sarah was afraid, so she lied. (laughs) She made that mistake of lying because of her fear. In Genesis 26 verse 7, we read that Isaac told the Philistines that Rebekah was his sister, not his wife, because he was afraid that they would kill him to get her because she was very attractive. Not real good judgment on his part. King Saul confessed to Samuel, 1 Samuel 15.24, I have sinned. Yes, I have disobeyed your instructions and the command of the Lord, for I was afraid. And on and on I could go. You see, fear causes us to lose our perspective and to make rather poor choices. Under stress and anxiety, we are more apt to do and say and think things that are foolish. Haven't you made a decision in duress that you later regretted? Of course, we all do. Number three, fear ruins my relationships. Fear ruins... My relationships. We just have to go back to the Garden of Eden at the very beginning to see that that's true. Genesis 3 and verse 10, when God confronted Adam about his sin, Adam replied, I was afraid and hid from you, God. The key word there, I think, is hid. 
Adam was hiding in his fear. You see, fear causes us to cover up, to to wear masks, to to not be totally truthful, to not be completely transparent. In fact, one of the greatest blocks to intimacy in a relationship, whether it's our relationship with God, our spouse, our children, our parents, or our friends, one of the greatest obstacles is fear. Why am I afraid to allow others to know who and what I really am? Because I'm afraid that others may not like who or what I really am. And by the way, I'm all I've got. (laughs) And if others don't like the real me, then I'm stuck. And so I hide the real me. And ultimately, fearful people cannot receive nor can they give Love. Fear is what keeps people from taking the risk of trust that is necessary for a healthy relationship. Fear is what causes someone to say, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. Or probably more accurately, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt again because they've already been hurt. Number four, fear hinders my happiness. It hinders my happiness. Now, Proverbs 12, verse 25. Let's read this out loud together. Read it with me, would you? Worry can rob you of happiness. Isn't that true? Yes. I mean, David put it this way, Psalm 55 and verse 2, I am worn out by my worries. You ever been exhausted because of your worries and fears? Well, of course. More people are worn out by worries than they are by work. Alfred Hitchcock once said, I turn my worries into movies. (laughs) And the truth is, we all do. We replay those movies over and over and over and over again in our thoughts and dreams. And these worries and fears are what make us miserable. That's why we're going to spend these couple of months fighting our fears together. Number five, Fear sabotages my success. Fear sabotages my success. Read Job 3 and verse 25 out loud with me. Everything I feared and dreaded has happened to me. What's Job saying there? He's saying that fears can be self-fulfilling prophecies. Fear sets us up for failure. How many times have we gotten ourselves into a mess and we've cried out, I was afraid this would happen. Yeah, you were afraid it was going to happen and guess what? It did. By the way, have you ever tried running from your fears? I've had people tell me, we're going to move to such and such a place so I can get a fresh new start. When will we ever learn that we cannot run from our fears? Look at what God told Israel in Jeremiah 42, verses 16 and 17. Some of the people wanted to return back to Egypt. They thought, oh, you know, we're going to go back to Egypt. And God said to them, the war that you fear will overtake you, and the hunger you dread will follow you, and you will die there in Egypt. All the people who are determined to go and live in Egypt will die either in war or of starvation or disease. Not one of them will survive. Why is that true? Because we take our fears with us. 
<laughs> wherever we go. Years ago, pastor and author Dr. Paul Turnier wrote, Fear creates what it fears. The fear of becoming just like your father or mother causes you to focus on them and guess what? You become more and more like your father and mother. The fear that you can't keep a commitment or a resolution keeps you from actually making them wholeheartedly so that failure is inevitable. The fear of illness makes you feel bad. The fear of disappointing someone keeps you from acting naturally and guess what? You end up disappointing them anyway. The fear of growing old causes you to grow old prematurely. The fear of losing your friends causes you to act in a way that drives them away. The fear of poverty causes many to make risky investments and they lose what little they actually do have. Because you see, fear sabotages my success. In summary then, the problem of fear negatively affects my life in at least these five ways. It paralyzes my potential. Fear jumbles my judgment. It ruins my relationship. Fear hinders my happiness. And yes, it sabotages my success. Which then leads us to the solution for fear. Today, in this introductory lesson, I just want to give you three fundamental biblical solutions that are foundational to fear-free living. We'll be looking at these solutions in greater detail in the lessons to follow as we apply them to specific fears in our lives. However, this morning, let me just give you a general overview of these three solutions. The first one is truth. Truth. Let's read Jesus' words in John 8 and verse 32 out loud together. Would you read this with me? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so simply put, the first solution, the first thing that's foundational to fear-free living is the truth. Did you know that studies show that we have only two inborn fears? Babies are born with only two innate fears. The first is the fear of high places or falling. And the second is the fear of loud noises. That's it. What that means is that every other fear that we have is acquired. (laughs) We have learned it. Now the good news is that if we have learned it, we can unlearn it. And if you stick with me through this series, hopefully we will unlearn some of our learned fears together. How? By applying the truth. You see, much of what we learn in life is simply untrue. We were given incorrect information. We based our beliefs on faulty assumptions. Something our parents said. Something a teacher said. Something we read in a book. Something we saw in a movie. Something we saw posted online. Something we heard through the news. And these beliefs need to be challenged. How? With God's truth. Why? Because when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Now let me give you a real easy to remember definition of fear. Write this down in your note. Using the acrostic fear, F-E-A-R, here's a good definition of fear. False evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. False evidence appearing real. It looks like it's true, but it's not. 
And so in this series, we're going to learn together how to use God's truth, the timeless principles found in the Bible, to fight our fears. Were you afraid of the dark when you were a kid? I was. I'm going to share a little testimony with you. I was really, really, really afraid of the dark. In fact, I had nightmares as a child quite often. I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming because I just knew that there was a ghost in the corner of the room. I just knew that there was something lurking in the shadows over in the corner of the room. My parents, fortunately, were understanding enough that they didn't yell at me for this. They came into my room quietly and they did the one thing that mattered the most. Do you know what they did? They turned the light on. And... The fears were gone. The boogeyman wasn't there any longer. And in this series, we're going to turn the light on. We're going to shine the light of God's truth on our fears. As Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 2, in the full light of God's truth, we live. I love the way that Solomon talks about the principles of God's truth in Proverbs 3, verses 23 through 26. He says, They, the the timeless principles of God's Word, the truth of God's Word, they keep you safe from defeat and disaster. With them on guard, you can sleep without fear. You need not be afraid of disaster or the plots of wicked men, for the Lord is with you. He protects you. And so the first solution for fear is truth. Number two is love. Love. In fact, read 1 John 4 verse 18 out loud with me. Let's read this together. Love contains no fear. Indeed, fully developed love expels every particle of fear, for fear always contains some of the torture of feeling guilty. This means that the person who lives in fear has not yet had his love perfected. That's such an incredible verse. Love contains no fear, John says. Love expels every particle of fear. Now there's two ways basically that love expels fear. First of all, I must receive God's love for me. I must receive God's love for me. I must accept God's unconditional love for me Individually and personally. And when I do that, I recognize that God knows me completely in and out and through and through, including my worries and anxieties. And He wants to and He has the power to help me to conquer and overcome my fears. When I trust in God's love for me, my fears are expelled. Isaiah 43, verses 4 and 5. God says, You are precious to Me. You are honored, and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. We've got to read these two together out loud. 
Read them with me. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from His love. Death can't and life can't. The angels won't and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Our fears for today, our worries for tomorrow, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Isn't that an amazing passage? Now frankly, some of us cannot overcome our fears because we stubbornly refuse to receive God's love. Do you notice that phrase we read earlier, 1 John 4 verse 18 that says, for fear always contains some of the torture of feeling guilty. And that's exactly where some of us are living our lives right now, today. With guilt and shame. We have got to receive God's love and grace in our lives. You will never be released from your fears until first you have fully experienced God's grace and love and forgiveness in your own heart, in your own life. Now there's a second way that love expels fear, and that is that I must dispense God's love to others. I must then dispense God's love to others. Others. First John 3 verses 16 through 18 makes it very clear. This is how we've come to know and understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially and not just be out for ourselves. Let's not just talk about love. Let's practice it. Now when you stop and think about it, think about this with me for a moment. There are basically only three ways that we can move in life. We can move against something or someone in anger. We can move away from something or someone in fear. Or we can approach something or someone in love. That's it. The only three ways that you can move. That's the only three directions you can go in life. And and when our lives are filled with God's love, we're unafraid to risk approaching others, reaching out to others, because love conquers fear. An example would be a mother rushing into a burning home to rescue a child. Why would she risk her life to do that? Because it's her child. And her love for her child is greater than her love, her fear of that burning building. Her fear is neutralized by her love. You see, the root of much of our fear, quite honestly, is self-centeredness. A preoccupation with ourselves. I don't want to get hurt. Or I don't want to be a failure. Or I don't have the time to get involved. But you see, love gets the focus off of self and onto others. And the more that I'm filled with love, the less that I am filled with fear. 
And so I must receive God's love for me and I must dispense God's love to others. That's the second solution for fear. Love. There's a third one and that's faith. Faith. Ephesians 3 and verse 12 tells us we can come before God with freedom and without fear. We can do this through faith in Christ. Simply put, the third thing that has the power to drive away the fear in our lives is faith. I like the way the Living Bible paraphrases Ephesians 6 and verse 16. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. (laughs) See, Satan loves to suggest fearful thoughts to us. He takes aim and he just fires away with one doubt and one fear after another, after another, after another. And these phobias can only be overcome by faith. In fact, I would say that faith is the opposite of fear. It's moving ahead despite our fears. It's facing our fears head on. It is taking action against our fears. Read Psalm 56 and verse 3 out loud with me. Would you read it with me? When I am afraid, I will put my confidence in You. Yes, I will trust the promises of God. Ah, yeah. Do you know there's a promise of God in the Bible to counteract nearly every human fear? We can imagine. And when we trust the promises of God, our fears vanish. We'll be looking at some of these specific promises in the upcoming lessons in this series because that's one of the ways we overcome our fear. And so the third solution to fear is faith. Truth, love, faith. These biblical solutions are foundational to fear-free living. Now, at the risk of sounding overly simplistic, let me just simply ask you this. Who is truth? Jesus. Who is love? God. In whom do we put our faith? The Lord. So don't miss this. The solution to fear is in a person. A faith relationship with God through Jesus. And again, I don't want to sound overly simplistic, but that's really where it begins. In a personal relationship with God by faith through Jesus Christ. And if you do not have that personal relationship with God today, on your little communication card we had you tear off your bulletin earlier, there's a box on there that says, I'm interested in learning how to become A Christian, I want to encourage you, have the courage, do not be afraid to check that box. What happens if you check that box? Pastor Mark will call you. (laughs) Because there is nothing in this world I love more than sitting down with somebody who's hungry to know Jesus. And to talk with him or her about what it means to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I would be privileged and honored to have that conversation with you. If that's where you are and you want to know more about having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ and your faith in Him, then check that box and let me know. Fighting your fears. This morning, 
we have introduced this series by looking at my fight. A general overall view of what the Bible says about the problem of fear and the solution for fear. And in the weeks ahead, we are going to begin to look at specific fears and apply these three truths, love and faith, all to that to help us overcome those fears. Let's close today's lesson by reading 1 Peter 1 and verse 2 out loud together. Would you read this with me? May God bless you richly and grant you increasing freedom from all anxiety and fear. That's my prayer for you. So let me pray that for you right now. God, I do pray that prayer over these people today. That in increasing measure you would give them freedom, give all of us freedom from our fears. I believe You desire us to experience fear-free living and that will only happen in our relationship with You as we apply the truth, as we receive and dispense Your love, as we live in faith every day in our relationship with You. So God, deliver us from our fears, I pray. And as we spend this time in the next couple months looking at these specific fears together, I pray, O God, that You would just get rid of that fear in our lives that so paralyzes us and keeps us from being everything that You want us to be. So we're anxious for this journey. We can look forward to this with great anticipation. And God, You're going to teach us. I know You are. Help us to learn, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.